What's up, what's up, y'all? This is your host with the most, so I have a toast. Little Johnson, we are here on Fire Leader Sports, and we're here to talk Eagles, 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 Sixers, Eagles, Sixers, Eagles, Sixers. Even some Phillies. Let's go. We are here to talk. Now, I'm going to get straight to the Eagles. Straight up, shout out to Bay Bullwolf, uh, Derek Gunn, all those guys, Barry Brooks, all those guys who um do their thing. And the guy, Rob Ellis, they all do a very good job. Now, let's just talk about this team. I want to make this clear. And I, I just, I, I mean, they know it. I mean, they, they just make things interesting. I think they just be saying things unbelievable. Some of the best, Barry Brooks, Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn. Man, they're so good. They do it like no effort. You know, it's a lot of good. Um, Merrill Reese, Sal Palantonio, legendary Sal. Sal, Sal and Derek are just, Derek Gunn, just legendary. Legendary, they've been around so long. Legendary, legendary, legendary. I agree he's becoming that, you know. It's a good staff. Just know how to get good people. Now, let's talk about this roster. Can we talk about this roster? It's not really a problematic roster anymore. There's nothing really they really need. Nicholas Morrow, it's like they're throwing off at this guy that's had a career year. He's good. He's good at stopping the run. He is a hound dog behind that line of scrimmage. He's going to be a player that people like, just like they like T.J. Edwards. Can we go back to last year and all the guys that didn't have career years? That's Marcus Epps. That's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Look at James Bradbury. Look at T.J. Edwards. Look at Kazir White. Even Brandon Graham. Cox got back to himself. I mean, but, but it always happens with Cox. Anybody look at Cox? Can y'all look at Cox? Every time Cox has a down year that y'all think is a down year, he has an up year. Let's look at look at look at him. Just go back and look at his stats. He'll have a four sack year, then boom, six sacks, seven sacks, three sacks, eight sacks. I mean, I mean, just just look just look at the, it's something like that from four to eight, four to seven every time, and he does it again for seven sacks. So don't talk about who he had and. Oh, well, Cox had other guys, and it helped him. Of course it helped him. But Cox does this every time. Cox is one of the best defenses. And people just forgot how good Fletcher Cox is. He's going to be so good for Davis next to him. It's going to be a good one-two punch again, just like it was with the 7-11. Yes, 7-11. Cox and Hargrave were the 7-11 crew. Seven sacks for Cox, 11 for Hargrave. All right. Um... Sweating Graham, what, 12 sacks? Come on, man. People had career years. Everybody had career years. So it, it's I know Gannon is gone, but Seriani's still the coach. So nothing lets y'all know that this, this organization is good at developing talent. Mark Epps, everybody had career years. Everyone, just, just about everyone. Hassan Reddick, everybody had career years. So nothing's exciting about this organization, how they develop talent. That Terrell Edmonds, Justin Evans, 
All right? You still bring back Bradbury who had that year. We're not even going to talk about Slay's year, okay? Just totally forgets about it. Another guy thrown totally under the rug. Slay and Cox totally disrespected in football, okay? I've seen this too many times where people forget how good Slay is and how good Cox is. It's unbelievable. It's just totally... It's, it's, uh. So, now... Terrell Evans is real good. I mean, I don't know what to tell you about Evans. Evans, I mean, you know he was drafted. He was drafted at the type of talent he is. He hasn't even exceeded that talent and potential. Just think of him being in that same position that Epps was in with his talent. If anyone, just do your homework on how talented this guy is. Could have been a first-round pick. Edmonds has, has, has played at a high level for a coach like Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh Steelers for years. Lived up to his first-round potential. Greedy Williams, if anybody thinks about you know another guy that now you bring him in, if you get the talent out of him, Jesus. That's all I gotta say. Do your homework on these guys they got. And and what happened the year before. Just like everybody talks about, um, well, you know, before the season started, Sanders and his injuries. Can he do good? Sanders Sanders, another career year. Another career year. That should make you feel good about Penny. Because this guy is super talented. You put him by Kenneth Gainwell, and you got Boston Scott. Now Boston Scott getting paid $2 million. $2 million. You know he about to <laughs> He's been rewarded for just being that guy that just plays the role, and he should be a guy everybody should be scared of because this is another year in the offense with Jalen Hurts playing at his high level. Everyone should be excited about everybody. Gainwell, look what he did in the playoffs. Should be excited. That's why people, that's why the, the B. John Robertson, let's go back to the draft. Now, that, that's, that's, I'm, I'm coming around to the draft each time I talk. B. John Robertson in this draft is the best player in this draft. Derek Gunn is just doing his homework. That's all he's doing. That's all he's doing. Now, we're not going for no running back. He can say that. It's, it's, it's nothing wrong. Listen, he's not saying nothing wrong because that, that is the criteria. But... Were they in a position to draft something this special? I'm just saying. If Howie looks on his board, if, if he gave that visit, that early visit to B. John Robinson before Carter, before Sk- Skarnowski, if he gave, before Smith, if he gave that early visit to B. John Robinson and it was hyped up like that, he is a guy he will select at number 10. Now, hold on. If if everyone in the room says, well, he'll trade back, that's, that's also a possibility because you can get him trading back. But that I don't think not one minute that Howie Rosemont don't think that that is a, a worthy pick at number 10. Because if you look at everybody down and who Philadelphia has, I mean, think about it. You look at the Titans, the Texans, and the Jets. I mean, they have Derrick Henry, so you have to throw the Titans off, even though all the rumors, whatever. whatever. But couldn't there be a fastball if they do trade Henry and get Robertson? But that's the one you throw straight to the side. The Texans, they already have a guy that's now the Jets. See that? The Jets, but they already said they good when they was talking about Ezekiel Elliott. So you got to throw them away, right? So now we talk the Patriots, the Packers, and the Commanders. 
will the Patriots go for a star? I mean, I mean that, that that's a game changing guy. If you look at all these scenarios, the Texans, maybe, maybe the Jets will go. Jets will go in, maybe. I don't, this is a game changing guy. The, the Texans have a guy, so will they get two of them? This is a game changing guy. But you have to throw all those guys out, of, and you have the Patriots, Commanders. Patriots, Packers, Commanders, and the Steelers. Steelers, you don't think they're going to go with, for one because they have one? Okay, we went all the way down. Now we're going in between the Patriots, Packers, and Commanders. Well, the Packers go for one. They have a couple, right? The Commanders, are they flexing with the guy that they have, or will they go for Bijan? They can. It's so in between where they will go. So really, if we're looking, we're stopping there. We're stopping. Buccaneers, Seahawks, Chargers could. We got to stop in between those points because the Lions wouldn't with Swift. I don't see the Lions going with Swift. So now you stop right there. You stop in that point. So if you're realistically trading down, you might want to stop in between 15. I think that's that's the point. 15, the Patriots will love a game changer. Patriots, Packers, and Commanders. So we're talking to 20. We're talking from 16, 17, 18. We're talking that mark. Because I don't think nobody in the other range would even go for B. John Robinson. But he is a game-changing talent. But that's the that's the point right there. Well, you think he would be gone 16, 17, 18. So he I don't think he'll pass the 20s. I think everybody in that range would make a pitch for B. John Robinson. That type of talent. So if Philadelphia was going to trade down, those would be the, the top 20 would be it. I just think if you want him, that's if you want him. I ain't saying like you know, this is this if you want. If Philadelphia wants him, they're trading those marks. The Jaguars, the, the Chargers, the Ray, all those guys can get, and you see where the Cowboys are at 26. So all those guys can go for if you're gonna go for Bijan, you're gonna stop at the top 20 to get Bijan. So the the trade down scenario is real. No question. But you're not gonna everybody's talking about, oh, wait the third. No, you better wait. Top 20 better be your only mark that you're talking about trading down and then getting Bijan. Like, what are we doing right now? If Bijan is your guy, that's it. And then you got the 30th pick, which could be used for Buda Baker. I know everybody's like, oh, defensive ends. Well, by the time we done traded down, we didn't got another pick that we can go get a defensive end with. I mean, Derrick Barnett is coming back. Don't forget about that. Don't throw that under the bus. Like, he's just totally, this is a vet we're talking about. A guy with a five and a half sacks his rookie yet. Right, he's had injuries. He's had a lot of that. But who are we betting on? And on any team, you're betting on the guy who had injuries before he got on. After last season, you got to bet on Derrick Barnett. So I'm I'm all for Derek Barnett being an asset, being a guy. This team develops players at the best level. How y'all not thinking that Kobe Dean won't be good after what he did when he came in? 
Dean is a beast. He's ready to be something special. The Eagles see it. Everybody else is just like the Quiz Watkins thing. Like, just like people talk about Quiz. What is this pandemonium about number three? Stop it. Because just like he had bad games, he had good games. We saw him win games. We know he runs a 4-3. So let him do his contract here and see what happens. That's not like a like a serious, like you got to run for it, run for the board and get a receiver. No. This is a time when you get your undrafted guys or you bring a guy in after the draft and you work them out. This is not a – you can't sit there and – these guys were healthy last year. There's no reason that you should panic. It can't be both ways. You can't panic for a guy that had injuries before, like Penny. Like, oh, yeah, injuries. But then you're going to panic about guys that were healthy. You can't, Oh, they're not going to be healthy all the time. Oh, my God. Chill out. Chill out. You're already throwing curveballs. Just calm down. You can't do both of them at the same time. But it's something you got to talk about as an analyst. You got to look at both ways. But this team is is Super Bowl number. This is number one team in the NFC. There's nobody. This is nobody competing. And nobody's going to challenge that. And and let's look at the teams. So they filled all their holes. Justin Evans and, and Terrell Evans can make plays. They're playmakers. Put them in a good winning system. They're going to be – I'm excited about him. Reed Blankenship, stop forgetting about Reed Blankenship. Stop doubting this guy. This guy can go in there and start. Kevon Wallace, nobody remembers when he had to go in there. He's better than he's been the last two years. So they have depth there. They have depth. You go to the cornerbacks. Greedy Williams has started before. Okay. To learn from Bradbury and Slay is awesome. Avante Maddox, awesome. You know, Josh Job has another year under his belt. Zach McPherson has another year under their belt. And then you got Mario Goodrich, who's also on the practice squad. This is a, comp- a competition like no other in their cornerback room. If I'm forgetting somebody, another guy, if I don't think, uh, Josiah Scott, if he's a guy that is, he should definitely be on this team. I mean, he had a good year. So, that's a good cornerback room. Now, you look at the linebacker room, um, I'd like to see what Davion Taylor's going to do when he gets back. And, and on, and where he has a lot of talent. When he gets back and he competes, the depth, Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley's been amped up about his opportunity this year to show who he is. I'm from Temple, I've, they have another Temple blood in there. You talk about the Georgia blood, Temple blood is in there. So, this is going to be a competition. Um Marlon come back. Milton come back. Them guys competition. You got now you got Street in there. Then Davis gets to start. That is exciting. This guy is good. Good. I mean, man, he's gonna be so hard to block. You think Javon Hargrave? Oh my gosh. And then Dean, I, I gotta go back. Like. Y'all, people understand. And they want, that's why they want to bring Carter. That's why Carter, you know, man, the Georgia blood is thick. They like Kelly Ringo, like Nolan Smith. That Georgia blood, man. Them guys, is that that, that, that defense was an all-star defense. Like, seriously, all-star defense. If you look at the numbers of Carter, it only made you, you have to see him play. 
Nolan Smith, you have to see him play. Ringo, you have to see him play. These guys are good. So, um, the Christian Gonzalez thing is throwing me for a loop. The only thing, you know, and they did bring Jerry Porter Jr. in for a visit. So, I'm just saying, like, getting a cornerback, I don't say it's out of the question because of how their roster is, but I just don't think that's going to happen in the first round if they go for it. Because you, you just signed two of them to big contracts for the next two years, at least for the next two years. Then you bring your future. You know, I think they like Greedy Williams. I think he's a future guy. It's to see what he can do this year. And, and then they're trying to get another player. So, And they got good rich and Job and McPherson over there. It's not saying they wouldn't get Gonzalez, but I don't think they'll get a Gonzalez. Because you know what that does? If you get a first-round draft pick, that automatically tells Slay and them, like, oh, we could get traded ASAP. Like, as soon as the year is over, you know, you're looking for a new home. I don't think you sign. I think it can happen for one of them. But I don't think it would be this year. I think it would be the next year because you have a whole other year to flex on. And you got two of the best in the league. And if they play at the same high level, like everybody's like, oh, they might go down. Well, you, you shouldn't doubt that till that happens. Not the way they played last year. Not the way those two played last year. No matter what you want to go back to, bad games, they were dominant most of the year. Dominant. <laughs> they were dominant. And now you have uh, Edmonds over there who's who's the same type of – him and Evans and Edmonds are both playmakers, pop ball hawks. They'll go for the ball. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens when the pass rush, with the pass rush that they have that Philadelphia will bring, because you still have Sean Reddick, you still bring that Brandon Graham, you still bring Red Cox, you still got Sweat. So you bring – and Milton Williams was a problem. So you bring in back guys that rush the pass, and then you bring in new guys and guys that were hurt. So they're going to get time to get get to the quarterback. So this is going to be good. This is why this, is, this worked, because – their first four was so good that you bringing in fresh bodies. Ha, ah, here we go. So their first four is is there. That that there's no doubt in my mind that Philadelphia's gonna be fifty or, or more sacks. Seventy is too hard to say, but fifty sacks, yes. Uh, and then we're talking about takeaways. Edmonds is gonna have a great year. So is Evans. They're gonna have unbelievable years. Under this defense. The defensive scheme. The type of players that Seriani loves to bring in are here. I just have to see a change. Y'all saying it's going to, there's no way. I don't care what gaining going. And this is going to be the same type of productive atmosphere. Developing players. Can't wait to see the undrafted guys are coming. I can't wait to see what is Tyree Jackson going to do. This is when you, this is what you talk about now. What is Tyree Jackson? Is he going to be ready? He's going to be healthy with that type of size? Because really, they're still looking for their second tight end. You know, Grant Catera showed he can be a playmaker. He, he did. Jack Stoll was a solid guy. He could block. He can catch the ball. He's a solid, solid, decent catcher. One good thing, he can block. So that gives you another blocker. So who's going to be ready? I want Tyree Jackson to be ready. There's some other guys in there in the tight end. Nobody's talking about the tight end position. Also, that's a position at number 30 that I, I saw brought up among one of the Philly analysts out there. One of the, um, I forgot who it was. 
Might have been Ed Cratch. My guy, Ed Cratch, Sports Illustrated. Um, yeah, I mean, Michael Mayer and Washington are talented, man. You put them in there with Dallas Goddard. Oh, my God. Do you remember when it used to be uh, Goddard and Zach Ertz and Brent Selleck? Like, do you remember that? Whew. Whew, that was crazy. You know, then you got Goddard and, and, and sell it, and Ertz and Goddard. I mean, when you got those two guys that can catch the ball, so why not at number 30? The thing is this, and this is what I'm saying. You have a franchise quarterback now. You put as many weapons as possible around this guy. You, you need you got you got three running backs, get three running backs, four running backs, but you got three tight ends, get three tight ends, four, four receivers, get them. That's what you do. Like you have a franchise quarterback. Defenses, you build defenses, you develop defenses, you get guys. But when you have a franchise quarterback, you need weapons around him. You get an elite offensive line. That's why I say Paris Johnson Jr., I'm all for that. He can play guard right now. He can the tackle of Jane Johnson, Paris Johnson Jr. can play guard right now. You don't even understand the type of monster you got right there. That's why I said to me it was B. John Robinson and Paris Johnson Jr. Those are my top two guys. Top two. They're game changers, man. Paris Johnson Jr. is knocking out the box on every pro day combine. He's been like this. He, he was the number one recruit at one time out of high school. And then, you know, he became number seven in 247 sports. All right for 247. You know what I mean? Like, this guy was in an Ohio State guy. This guy is that he's, he's just that generational talent at offensive lineman. He's just that guy. And then you're talking about having the best offensive line even better than last year. Sounds crazy, don't it? Landon Dickinson, head guard, pro bowler, boom, bow. Jason Kelsey, enough said. Lane Johnson, enough said. Jordan Malata. The, the 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 rising talent he's become, one of the best, you could say top three at his position, or even with Lane Johnson. I mean, he's he's become in the playoffs, he showed people what he was about. Now you put it in Paris Johnson Jr., a young generational talent at offensive line. Yes, it's like putting pace in there. He's, he's just like another house they got like pace. Like, this guy's nice, nice. He's one of those talents. And you're talking about having the overly great offensive line. I put He can play guard right now. Who's touching Hurts? Who's touching it? And now, that's why I said with B. John Robinson. You put B. John Robinson next to Gainwell. Gainwell came from Memphis, a, a pass catcher and runner. And he showed what he was. I, I wasn't really surprised about Gainwell doing what he did. I wasn't. I was just surprised he got that many touches. Gainwell can do that. They had two lead backs. And y'all still don't believe Gainwell's there? Whatever. But you put B. John Robinson, because this is a running back by committee type of team. They're not even, even with Sanders, you know, they were running, running back by committee. One guy might be the lead back or might get the most touches that game. But this is a committee, running back by committee. Type it's just like the defensive line, rotate, 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 rotate. So you put Bijan Robinson next to Gainwell, that is unfair for the league. 
you're, you're, you're trying to, you're going to go to the Super Bowl and, and win this Super Bowl because there's no, you have, deep, you have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard on your pet, catching the ball. These guys are elite. I don't think nobody understands how good you got two number one receivers and a num and, and, a, and, a, and a tight end that can be the number one receiver in the game. We've seen Goddard do it. I mean, he can be dominant in the game. So there's three guys that are elite. So you mean to tell me you get Gainwell and, and Robson too? Elite catching, yes, elite catching running backs. Gainwell can catch that ball. He, I think Seriani can't wait to get him in so many different packages to where he catches the ball. Now you got Robinson, another guy who could do the same thing. There'll be times you can line up two running backs as receivers with Robinson, and, I mean, with Smith and with uh, uh, Brown at the same time. And Goddard, you could put all those. You're talking dangerous, danger. And then not to mention the art, you know, Scott is a is a solid catcher, you know, especially short short passes and you block for him, you know, uh, screen passes. He's dangerous when you do the screen passes, the, the halfback screens, and, and to put people in front of him. He can run in between tackles. He's dangerous like that. And Rashad Penny is another underrated catcher. So you're talking about catchers like Hertz has people all around, not to mention Gainwell and Robinson lead that. Those are the for sure guys. You can give the ball to Penny. You can give the ball to Scott and they make plays. But these two guys here, you have to watch out for Robinson and Gainwell on your playbook. That is Super Bowl, no question. It's not even you can you can go back, you can have Stephen A. Smith, you can have good morning football. If everybody uh, you know, undisputed, first things first, uh my guys, uh Manuel Axio, McCoy, Joy Taylor, the whole squad in there, um, the Cowboy fan, man, I'm my bad. He's, he's smart, he's smart in my his name, very smart, intelligent. Analysts and their cowboy fan, but their whole squad, everybody, you can go ahead and do your predictions. But if they get B. John Robinson, this is the Super Bowl favorites. Say what you want. Mahomes is something magical. You can go ahead and write him. Oh, you want to go ahead and, oh, no, it's Mahomes. Whatever. Whatever. They get B. John Robinson, they are the Super Bowl favorites. There's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. Their, their line is already elite. Four out of the five elites. You put Cam Jurgens in there, that becomes elite. The same elite teams last year because Cam Jurgens is, is a manimal, period, point blank. When he You see what he did when he went there for Kelsey? Anybody remember? If you don't remember, go back. All right, all right. Now, you still got Smith, still got Brown. Where's Watkins? You can say... Uh, he's not going to be good. I can say he's going to evolve with the chemistry of Hurts. Tomato, tomato, whatever. All right? Let's go with that one. Dallas Goddard, he's dead. The lead tight end. Let's not forget. Games Grant Katerra made impact. Show what he can do. Just go back to those games. The catches he made. Okay. Jack Stoll. Decent. That's three guys. There's other other guy that catch the ball. I'm just saying, by getting B. John Robinson, what's already intact, you put B. John Robinson. 
Next to Gainwell, that's the same thing as Smith and Brown and Goddard. Same, that's five weapons that a team has to plan for as receivers and runners. Then you got to worry about everybody else. Then you got to worry about Quiz, Scott, and Penny. You're not, okay. Okay, whatever. Y'all think that ain't nothing? Okay, let the season start. And them boys got B. John Robinson. It's going to be a movie. It's going to be a movie. Now, the next guy, Paris Johnson Jr., I mean, keep everybody you got. Let Trey Sermon run the ball. Trey Sermon is a, that's not saying Trey Sermon ain't good. This is the options Philly got. They can take the best player available and maximize the whole thing. Trey Sermon getting there, he five yards per carry. He, he, he's a guy that can gain up yards. It's, I'm not even not confident in Trey Sermon doing what he can do it with, with a running back by committee team. Kennedy Brooks, I don't whatever. Say what y'all want. Kennedy Brooks can do the same thing that Trey Sermon can do. So so they have that. You put Paris Johnson Jr. in there. That is no question. It's running through a running through a steel wall right now. Like they just going with, with, a, with a space in it. They going Paris Johnson Jr.? This team is different. This team, my thing is, there's no draft for need right now. If the season started right now with no draft, no draft. Philadelphia is still a Super Bowl in the Super Bowl team. We were forgetting they have a franchise quarterback. They have two number one receivers. They have an elite tight end and still have an elite line to start the season. You're looking at the defense. They get the 100-plus tackle um Linebacker and Morrow. 11 tackles for loss. Let's not forget that. Hassan Reddick is back. Got zipped to being at least a candidate for defensive player of the year. Nicole Dean. Y'all gonna know. I don't, whatever. Y'all, y'all, I don't believe this. It's, don't be surprised if he becomes the captain of their team in two years. We're talking about a Brian Dawkins type linebacker. This is Kobe Jean. I don't talk about it. All right. Um, Jordan Davis is something different, man. I just I can't wait till everybody witnesses it. I've never seen anything like I've never seen anything like Jordan Davis. Okay, so this defense, Brandon Graham's back. Like everybody, that was a fluke. He had twelve sacks. That was a fluke. This is Brandon Graham anyway. And, and Brandon Graham's a big uh, – he cheers on Derek Barnett from, from the – so I, I really see a lot coming up. I wouldn't even be surprised. We're just going to see what happens. But I wouldn't be surprised if Derek Barnett proved he deserved the contract extension and got, like, at least eight sacks. I'm going with eight sacks this year for Derek Barnett. I'm going with eight. I'm going with eight, 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 eight. And he shows that he he's uh, the future that Philadelphia went for. Now, another guy, a third guy who I think Philadelphia should draft, that's real hard. I like Jalen Carter. Why not Jalen Carter? You know, Cox is gone next year. We know that he's going to go get a big contract somewhere else. Jalen Carter would be, yeah, I mean, what better player would you get he is the second best player in the draft. My third best player is Bryce Young. 
but Jalen Carter is the second best player in this draft. I, I mean, I just know that you got Milton Williams looking good every year. He just had four sacks aside from two the year before. It's nobody paying attention to his progression as a player. But we'll see. Because Carter is that good. He's like the B. John Robinson type. Like, okay, if he's here, why not? But that's how I feel about Perry Johnson Jr. Also, he's that type of prospect. Now, the next guy, who would I, who would I, I would like Nolan Smith. I'm sorry. I mean, you don't find too many guys that can run four threes like he can at the defensive end. I mean, that that's 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 it. You're not even, you know, then you're talking about the next guy. Uh, to to be honest, is Brian Bressy. Now, I, I think they would trade down for Brian Bressy. This is the trade down option. Luke, Lucas Van S is another good pass rusher. He has six sacks as a backup to a major program. But you trade down for guys like Bressy and S and Joey Porter and just if you even going for I, I don't I don't I don't agree with going for a cornerback now if you spend so much money. Because these guys are elite. You're talking about, you know, Joey Porter Jr. Like, but it is a very I think they go for one in the second round. If they go for a cornerback in the second round. I think that happens. I think in this round, they are all for a defensive line, offensive line. And B. John Robinson. There's no other running back. I don't see Gibbs getting drafted at number 30. No. If you're not getting B. John Robinson in this draft, you're waiting to the undrafted. I don't think you just go for another guy. B. John's different. That's why I think you have a lot of running backs. You have Gainwell. You have Penny. You have Scott. Then you got Trey Sermon. On um, practice squad, you got Kennedy Brooks, who's a thousand yard rusher with Oklahoma. That was Jalen Hurts running back. You know, there's a lot of Jalen Hurts people on this team. Okay. You know, besides Grant Calterra, you know. So, Greg Ward Jr. is a, you know, a Jalen Hurts guy. You know, besides just being in Oklahoma, he's a guy Jalen Hurts like. It's a lot to look at on this team. Um, a surprise, a variety receiver. I think that could happen in this draft. Seriously, you look at uh, Hyatt, you look at um, Jackson from Ohio State, you look at those guys. Hyatt from Tennessee, I mean, just because of the fact of what people are talking about. I think that that's, that's floating in the room about the receiver. They could go for a guy like that, and especially if you go for it now. In the first round, that would be a surprise, but that would mean that that third receiver is taken, it is gone, chopped up, you know. Um, but I think they're going to give Quez a chance to be that other receiver. They're going to give him a chance. Um, but I think that in the other rounds or undrafted, they're going to look for a receiver to go and get that, get their position. Because they got a lot of money in, in, in Smith and, and Brown. I think those guys are long-term and got her. Those are long-term guys. So they would rather bring a guy from undrafted or draft a guy in the later rounds maybe, you know. I'm saying the second round, if they draft a guy in the second round for receiver, 
that's still a guy you're looking at like, oh, Watkins, you might be in trouble. You know, I mean, you're looking at, but that don't mean it's a rush because Watkins will be a free agent next year. He can develop, fall back at number four and get something or have a chance to even break in at number three. But that is a, a position that nobody's talking about that could be very important. But Philadelphia is not in need or in trouble. Look at this. Only thing is that Evans and Edmonds and Williams and Street have not played for the Penny. They have not played yet. But looking at last year's acquisitions, everyone should be excited. <laughs> everyone, Penny could be a thousand yard rusher. He, he, he could be. He could be the the twelve hundred. Y'all, he could. He could get really because he has that type of potential to the point where he'll run so good that he'll get a lot of the touches. But Gainwell's going to get a lot of touches now. They have faith in Gainwell. It's just not like that. So it's, it's a, it, it really, this is a position that's not looked at to be very dangerous. They they calculate those carries right. Boston Scott, I think he's going to be way more involved. They calculate those carries right. This is a very dangerous running back trio. And then you talk about Trey Sermon, who just got – I mean, it's, it's really something to look at because that'll let you think they're not going to get Bijan, But that doesn't mean anything. Also, it's always the best player who they think. Because you got to throw curveballs. Nobody wants nobody to know who they're going to get. So now all the executives are probably like, oh, Bijan, oh, Carter. Oh, now, now, now if you look at the, the, the wizardry, the great – General manager Howie Rosebond is now. Nobody knows anything. They they think they're going to get Jalen Carter. They think, oh, Nolan Smith. Oh, Taranowski, Paris Johnson Jr. They, they think all these guys are going to be Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I mean, they, they, the, 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 the hype is up, especially where Philadelphia is. You don't know what they really need. Everything is, there's no need at all. You talk, even at the offensive line, you can throw Cam Jurgens right over there. He's really that good. You can throw Cam Jurgens. Brett Toth can be at the guard. Like, there's nothing on this team that needs your immediate attention. It's all about what you think. What do you think that this team needs? So, listen, man, I'm out. Think more. Um, I got another segment coming about the Sixers. The game is tonight. What do we talk about? I'm out of here, y'all. Eagles Radio, follow me. What's up, y'all? This is your host with the most. So have a toast. I am back. Our second segment. We talk about the Sixers today against the Nets. And where we go with that, man? I mean, the Nets have a good talented team. Cam Johnson came, Michael Bridges came, and they, I mean, they got Nicholas Claxton. They still got Seth Curry, got Patty Mills. 
and, and they stayed after you know they could have easily just went down to the gutter you know and and not got this playoff berth they still stayed at number six so you got to give this team some credit then Whitty's in there everybody they could really bring everybody back next year and they a playoff team I think Cam Johnson and Michael Bridges with Cam Thomas is crazy. Like, that is a real good team. Cam Johnson's not scared to take the big shot. Neither is Cam Thomas, neither is Michael Bridges. That's what it's all about. And you got Dinwiddie. They can bring everybody back, and Brooklyn's in good shape. Nicholas Claxton, Brooklyn's in very good shape for the future. Michael Bridges is a franchise player, man. Like, you, you got a guy who's going to go get it every time. You give him a max contract. It's not even a question. That should be Brooklyn's priority right now to give Michael Bridges a max contract, a super max. Like, that, that is your guy. You had 30 points. And you lost. So, um, but um, now, this is the big thing tonight. NB's going to have a super monster game in Philly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he took 40. He only had a 26. I mean, you know, Harden had his 23 and 13. You know, Tobias had his. But 26 is baby baby food from MB. Like, <laughs> we ain't even seen a great MB go hard. Yeah, we ain't seen that, man. We have not seen that. We ain't seen that this is a one by 20. MB didn't even dominate. He just played his little game. It was efficient. 11-11 from the free throw. Like, he was just, he was he was not dominant. You know, it might be dominant. For, it might be a great game for some centers, but that's not even, if Embiid is averaging 33 points a game, do you understand what I'm saying? He had a bit of off night, 26 and 12, off night. He's going to come in that game and go to work on Claxton. He's going to, this is, this is the expectation for this game. This is total dominance is about to happen. The bench is real good, and I, this this is this what has to happen for Philadelphia. Um, that bench has to continue to produce. We gonna need, um, excuse me, I'm a Sixer fan myself, but just to be real, to beat Boston, and and in Milwaukee, Milwaukee, I don't know what's gonna go on with Guinness. Yeah, that could run in the Sixers' favor if he's not able to, but he's gonna be back. He's okay. It was clear. Um, Boston has a good bench, man. Their bench is good. And their bench plays together. Um, we got guys like Brogdon coming off the bench, the former rookie of the year, went over NB, which is crazy to me. <laughs> but Brogdon's an all-star type of player, man. Like, and you got guys on that, on that bench who are real good. And they're playing together. They've played together. Now, this team is different, you know. Here comes Milton. He comes in. He can score. He can do his thing. Then it's Milton. Them playing together in the playoffs, will it happen? Sometimes they're inconsistent as a bench. You know, you might not see this happen or that happen. But when they're playing their A game, they're the best bench in basketball. They're the best bench, period. You can talk about, okay, we know the name is Brogdon. Nobody's going to be – see, not no name on Sixers bench bigger than Brogdon. But you put Nyang with Milton with Milton, then Jalen McDaniels. Now you go in and you got Paul Reed, Dwayne Dedman. These guys all, Montrez Harrell, every single one. Then you go to the bottom with Furkan Korkmaz. 
You said, why you say Fur- Furkan Korkmaz has produced in the playoffs before? You don't throw, he's a vet. If you can have him at the bottom of your bench, like your seventh man, that's crazy. Because he would be, trust, he would be the third guy at, at the least on somebody's bench right now, a playoff team. That's why he wanted to get traded. But when, once he becomes a free agent, somebody's going to pick him up. A, a, a playoff team will pick him up. Somebody in the NBA is going to pick up a vet that can shoot the ball and play defense. It's just other guys that they have that are better than Court Myers. That's just what, is what it is. He's not better than Milton. He's not playing better than Milton. And then you got a young guy like Springer developing. Then you see Mac McGlung develop. It's time. <laughs> it's, it's over with. I mean, these guys... He's just caught in the numbers game. You know, guys were better than Cork Myers. Cork Myers last year wasn't as productive as he should be, but he's still a piece. You know, you look at last year, you know, Isaiah Joe was around last year. Another guy who who is showing as a as a young player, showing progress, and you got Cork Myers. Cork Myers is not playing at the same level or better. If you're playing at the same level, you're going to lose to a young guy. But if you're not playing better than that guy, you're caught in the numbers game. This is all it is. Then why Joe, the numbers game with Joe leaving? Because Jaden Springer is developing a first-round pick. And then Court Myers is a, a vet. He is a vet that has played in the playoffs. Not only is that good on the court, it's good in your locker room. So, yeah, they respect Court Myers. But Court Myers just wanted to get traded because, I'm look, I'm not getting played. I mean, you look at Melton. Soon as Melton comes back to the bench, I get no time. We got Jeremy Daniels getting time. Daniel House getting more time than I'm getting. I'm not even getting time. And I'm 6'7". I'm not getting no time. It's small forward. Trade me. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen. They just got – they have vets and playoff guys in their locker room. Montrez Harrell hasn't even played. He's just starting to play. And them last two games, he's productive. You know, I talked with uh, my guy, Keith Pumpy. Shout out to him. Um Sixer writer, you know, um, and we we talk basketball. So he was just like, he's shooting. People are shooting seventy percent from the field. Seventy percent against Montrez Harold, man. That is bad. Now, but scoring, you see what he brings. So, and then you know he's been in those playoff atmosphere. You know? But what I heard about him in the locker room was bad. It was toxic. He getting two with people and. You know, that's what happened. So, obviously, this has calmed down because now he's back on the floor. Last two games, they give him his, you know, you know, because yeah, now now with this team, look at how deep they are. They can bring Jaden Springer and Matt McGlung. You know why I say that? Because Matt McGlung had 29-9. and nine. I'm sorry. You say what you want. Nobody's having a, a, almost a triple-double at the end of the season unless they're productive. <laughs> he could have had 20 points, and you'd be like, oh. But when you have nine rebounds, nine assists, other man's making plays. Hitting three-pointers on you. They have guys in there. They can just throw in there. They can score on you. Louis King can hit four for eight from the three-point line. He can hit three-pointers. Jaden Springer played on both sides of the floor. So they're not going to get time. But if they have a, 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 some crazy injury to three, four players, it's not going to be a problem. And I, we could put that on the books with any writer, any analyst right now. Them guys is ready right now. They're ready. King, McGlung, and Springer are ready to contribute right now. But right now, they don't need that. They got Milton. 
They got Milton. They got McDaniels. They got House Jr. They got Nyang. They got Reed. And then if you uh, to be real, 6'10-245, you can throw Deadman in there. Because you can throw a guy in there that can take up space. He's a guy that he has experience. He's not some guy that and he has experience. So yeah. Those are good players. And then you you gotta say Harrow. You like how how don't you say Harrow and Court Miles after that when they have all played playoff minutes? Philadelphia has got everything it takes to win the championship. You can talk about what Boston's did. They played them tough. Milwaukee, they beat them and played them tough when, in losses. They've had bad games. But you look at those three teams, what do they have that Philadelphia doesn't? Chemistry. How long have guys on their team played together? Milwaukee's won the championship together. Boston, guys have played together longer with the coaching staff. This is just only the second year that this Philadelphia team collectively, especially the first year for some guys, have played together. It's because Tucker knows knows Harden. He hasn't played with Doc Rivers and, and, and Joel Embiid. House Jr. knows him, but it's good to have familiar faces around. It makes it good. Now this team now, if you look at them, they're more together than they've been all year at the right time. We'll wait till Brooklyn is done. I think they'll sweep Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn won't win a game. Honestly, I just feel like this game is going to be all MB. I don't think Brooklyn wins a game. I think that is totally done. Brooklyn won't win the game. Sorry, just won't win. Michael Bridges is going to have a big game. Brooklyn won't win. If they win, I'll be surprised. I'll be like, dang, Philly, as you let them get a game. Like, Philadelphia has beat this team all three phases. Without their big three, without their big five, they didn't even have – did Tucker even play that game? I don't think Tucker even played that one game they played. I mean, it was like six people that was out. It's crazy. The bench beat them. And they beat them with their stars. Like they, it's totally different from last year. Last year it seemed like, oh my gosh, but I knew it was gonna be different. You know, once Harden got with the team, started over him and Embiid, and everybody got chemistry. I knew this team was gonna be different. But what Philadelphia has that that gives them an edge in this playoffs, they have the best player in the NBA, hands down. This year. MB was is the best player in the NBA. So anytime you go into a game, you have to deal with the best player in the NBA, along with James Harden, along with Tobias Harris, along with Tyrese Maxey. And then let's talk about all the other guys around there. Because there is a big four. I think people got to stop being disrespectful of Tobias Harris. That's a big four. You can talk about whatever and what he should have did for the money he got, but he's still one of the best power forwards in the league. <laughs> like, I don't care what you – he didn't deserve this money, but he's still one of the best power forwards in the league. You know, he's a guy that's going to average no less than 17 at, at the least a game. He's going. He's a guy that can hit 30 on you, get 30 and 15 if you want. He's a guy that can get eight assists on you now. He's a better defensive player. He's a – it's just three-point shot. Now, that, the game that he had – 
this is what you also got to look at with Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris is going to be a sniper, a super sniper, all playoffs. Not saying you're going to get 20, you can get 13, but be hitting three three-pointers on you. <laughs> like, straight up, like, he's going to be a guy you have to account for. Or he will He will get 25 on you. You have to account for Tobias Harris. He He's let it be known. Then Tyrese Maxey. These two dudes, both are snipers. And I think people don't really understand. You look at Tobias Harris and, and Maxey, the, the percentage they're shooting three-pointers, they're snipers. They are snipers. Look at them. All year, these are the two guys on the outside. You like Then you forget about James Harden, who's having the best three-point shooting year in a recent memory. Like He's just, look what he did. So people will not recognize how good of a three-point shooting team Philly is. That's what they just put on display. I understand we got to get the best. Okay, let's get better defenders, whatever. But Philadelphia's done against Boston. They're done against Milwaukee. They display three-point shooting. They're just getting better and better. The defense. I think with McDaniels, it makes it a little better because McDaniels is long, and, and you, you didn't replace type Thibault with just the offensive guy. You still got Daniel House Jr. that can play defense. Uh, Paul Reed. That's all on the front court. Then Deadman. Them guys can play defense. Harold might not be an elite defender, but he's a big body that you're going to knock out the way. Uh, he's also a good rebounder. So that front court is active. It's active. Nyang resigns. He, he works hard, but he's a, a I'm telling you, the way he shoots the ball, that's going to be big in the playoffs. That's another sniper they have, you know. That's four guys I've talked about that can really harm you. Then you still got Joel Embiid that can hit him on you. And Milton that can hit him on you. Like, Milton, we forget it. Uh, disrespectful. Milton has been unbelievable this year from three-pointer. So this team and all those guys can create their own shot. They can drive the hole on you. Philly really has, this, really has the, the NBA Finals team. They just have to play like it. People have been going with Boston Bucks, so they've been the most consistent. I mean, what can you say? You you got an MVP, uh, two-time MVP in, in Guinness there. You know, Holiday's been playing good. Middleton's an all-star. And they won a, they won a title. So you got to give them that, that edge. And then, you know, I'm talking about how analysts are talking. How the analysts are talking, you have to give them that edge. Then you talk about Boston. I mean, Jason Tatum is an MVP candidate. So is Jalen Brown. I think he's a guy that don't get looked at enough. And Marcus Smart, we're talking about defensive player, one of the – if not the best in the league, I mean, but he's also an offensive player. And it's a lot of guys on their team that can play, but they've all played together for a long time. So you have to give them that credit. That's that nucleus of Smart, Brown, and and Tatum came into the league. They, they were drafted, and they're there, and they're leading this team. That's big. So Philly doesn't have that. Ben Simmons is not there. All right, where, where's Michael Carter-Williams? Not there. Noel, not there. Okafor, not there. Fultz, not there. These, it, it, is, it is Joel Embiid, and the one he got, he got has been there for a minute is Tobias Harris. You know, Maxie was just drafted. Harden's there. Tucker just got there. Nyang, you know. And, and, and they're just trying to get these pieces right. Melton. Milton's been there for a minute. That's a good face. Um, Horkmaz has been there for a minute. That's a face. I'm just talking about the guys that have been there. 
And these guys are all relatively still new to each other. So nobody's looking at the phenomenon of the Sixers and where they're at and how good they are as a phenomenon. Like, dang, these guys just got together and they just won 51 now. They won 54 games. You know, when you doubted James Harden, I'm not surprised. It's James Harden. How they're not going to be better? James Harden, what he's done, I've never seen done. When you come from an elite shooting guard, a, a, a literally a guy that was scoring 36 a game, I mean, this man was throwing that rock up. You knew he was going to throw the rock up. You knew that was going to happen. Now he's a, a pure point guard that can score. Thinking like Chris Paul with a better three-point shot, like better dribble, like a better Chris Paul. Like they can say what they want. He's a better Chris Paul right now. If they win this championship, that's going to – he's the best combo guard to ever play. Because I used to say Iverson, which could still be, you know, but he didn't win a ring with being one one or the other. He just went to the finals. If James Harden goes to the – wins this championship this year, he's – and I still think talent-wise, he's – what can you say? He's the best combo guard ever, man. Like, look what he's doing as a point guard. Look what he has done as a point guard. Even over at Brooklyn, he was really the ball handler. He was really the point guard. Like, what he's done these last two years with Philadelphia is unbelievable. These last three years as a as a as a point guard, like after being that type of shooting guard. It's like Kobe doing what he does as shooting guard, and then all of a sudden he turns into a 13, 12 assist person. Just look at that. That is that is unbelievable. It put like it's just really hard. Like Iverson, if I if I look at Iverson, I look at Harden. Harden wasn't better than him as a shooting guard, but he was better than him as a point guard. And with him being as elite as he was as a shooting guard, and being better as a point guard, that makes him a better combo guard. Obviously, a better player. That's a different. I don't know if we can. That I don't know. That that's that's an argument that I would take somebody if they said Harden was better. But Iverson is better as an offensive weapon. Clearly, like no one's better. It's not too many people like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, you look at the the guys that were offensive weapons. Nate Archibald. You know. You look at some guys, but you only can compare Iverson as an offensive weapon to guys like you can only put Kevin Durant and, and Kobe and, and, and Michael in that category as an offensive weapon, Elgin Baylor. You put those guys in that category, you know, because Elgin Baylor really is next. That's when you put Harden in there. When you talk about Elgin Baylor, you talk about James Harden. That's in those marks. You know, Jerry West. You talk about James Harden. That that's 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 the class. And but when you talk about obviously, you gotta talk about Kobe. You gotta talk about Michael and Kevin Durant. When you talk about score, where do you put LeBron there? You put him in every single. You put him in both conversations. You put him next to Michael, and you put him next. To, that's why I said LeBron's another planet right now. Like, and nobody's gonna ever. Give him his credit until his career is over. 
because the generation of Michael Jordan generation is so reluctant to let Michael Jordan go. They're so reluctant to let him go. It's like they don't want to let him go at all. Um, crazy. Now, um, I'm gonna come back and I'm, I'm gonna flex a little bit of Villanova. Okay, um, just want to talk about the Eric Dixon, and and let's talk about the Justin Moore. Let's talk more about those. Uh, <laughs> Those sequences there, you know, I always get on Villanova and get in some talk before I get back to doing the writing. So when we get back, we will finish up on a little bit of Villanova here on Five Leader. I'm a man in the flow, in the flow, like a photo, like a photo. Some ever last, and some ever last, and. I can take a phrase as well as her. Now it's a daily word. Now it's a daily word. Hell of the normal. Hell of the normal. Rock him on the main calm. Rock him on the main calm. Fill our fame. Fill our fame. Let's motivate. I want to see what the key follows. The swallowing. Taking the bait. Biting the ball. Biting the ball. Step away from frozen. Step away from frozen. We are back on Five Leader Sports. Just want to talk a little bit about Nova. Um, talking to DJ TJ Bomber last couple of days. Very good kid. Very focused. Um, have some things coming out real soon about Bomber. Um, for the world to know about Bomber, this is a good player to have on this team. Man, people should be excited and. I'm also going to talk about one thing. I'm a fruitful person. Okay. The Cam Whitmore TJ Bomber comparison. Stop it. Stop it. I mean, just just stop it. It's unfair to Bomber. And it's totally disrespectful to Cam Cam Whitmore. Alright. Now, Bomber is going to be something special this year because he could, I mean. You look at Justin Moore. Let's talk about the Justin Moore situation, about him being player of the year, Big East player of the year. Yes. Crazy. Justin Moore and James Harden are almost one of the same. When he gets to the NBA, I mean, he's the type of guy, listen, Justin Moore is a go-getter, a scorer. He's getting better as a passer. He's not scared of anything. And this year, him starting over, starting from game one, I mean, just think of how Justin Moore was as a freshman. Do y'all think this is going? he's going to take this year personal? He wasn't. He was hurt. Uh, people forgot. I mean, took him off a lot of draft boards. You just didn't even see the, the excitement. And he saw it. And I knew this was going to happen. When Justin Moore gets on this basketball court, he's going to be a top 20 pick or they're going to be stupid like they was for Jalen Brunson. J- Josh Hart could have been drafted <laughs> a little bit higher than it's top 20 pick. Like, the disrespect. Now, Michael Bridges got drafted right, which was good. Um, Spellman got drafted right. 
a guy who I thought should have stayed. He would have been a lottery pick if he would have stayed. Spellman, Spellman would have dominated if he would have stayed. Would have dominated. There wasn't nobody as athletically gifted and could shoot the ball like a like a shooting guard. Like he could really shoot that ball from the three point line. He was really a gift. I really wish uh, that that Spellman would have had more time with Villanova and Jay Wright and just like Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, man, he was so special. You just wanted to see more of it for a whole year. If you would have put Spellman and DiVincenzo on Villanova for another year, that would have been a special group, and they would have won another championship. There's no doubt in my mind. Nobody would have been able to mess with that team, especially what they brought the next year. Like the next year, what came in, (laughs) that would have been an unbelievable team. So, just a breaking, a breaking. Jalen Hurts has reached a five-year, $255 million deal. Fully guaranteed $179 million dollars and a no trade clause. Great. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Five years, 255 million, 179 million guaranteed. Breaking. Justin following Adam Schefter ESPN right in the middle of Villanova radio, uh the Villanova part of the radio. It's big, man. That's big. Philadelphia is making big moves. Um, now he's locked up. Philadelphia, man, Howie Rosemont is something different. Okay, back to Villanova. Because um, that is part of the... Boy, that was big. Big news. Big news. I knew it was being worked out, but um, it's five years. He's locked up. Philadelphia's looking great right now. Um, now back to Villanova. Eric Dixon's a guy I want to talk about. I just feel like I say Paul Pierce because the way he plays, he's, he's just he's going to be exciting because he's now he's in his confidence role. I mean, he knows what he can do on that court. He's done it in the Big East play, and you bring Justin Moore, another guy who's done it, and then you got T.J. Bomber, the experience of of doing what he does. But what you don't understand is that Mark Armstrong is on his – he hasn't hit that point that Dixon has already hit, that Moore has already hit. He's about to hit it this year, and he's going to be special. Like, you're going to have to try to stop this fast, quick, explosive guy. It's going to be crazy. Um, another thing I want to talk about, the April 18th with Brady Dunlap, uh, Christian Bliss, and Jaden Glover. That is – um man – what do you say about that one there? I mean, it's going to be something to look at. It's going to be something to look at. Brady Dunlap, I'm just going to say this. Don't be surprised if he is a Villanova Wildcat. The more and more, you know, I'm doing my home, but we'll see. I mean, because they're not um, – Villanova likes Brady Dunlap. They really do. But they're not expecting. They don't know. They want Brady Dunlap, but they haven't, you know. The best way to put that is they haven't 
thought he would commit. They're not on the thing like, oh, they don't know. I mean, all you see is what they're trying to do. But with the momentum, I keep on talking about this. I'm going to say it again. After getting Bamba, I mean, everybody around the, the nation, every recruit is even heard about this. And they're excited about it. Like, yeah, they got Bamba. So now they were so focused on getting Bamba. See, I heard about the Brady Dunlap thing. That was before Bamba committed. They were working on, I'm talking to one of the closest sources. They're like, man, we we get this stuff to work out. Uh, We're we going to be good. So Bamba and Dixon is it. That They are the two guys they're more worried about right now. If they get Brady Dunlap, is he a part of that? Because he's right in the same wave. Will they get Brady Dunlap? I, I'm, I'm really, I think Brady Dunlap, I'm going to tell y'all this now. I used to think 20% of Brady Dunlap. I'm on 50% with him right now. I'm just doing my homework. I'm just going to be like that. Brady Dunlap, just, let's just see where it goes. I was at 20%. I was like, hey, you know, they, they like him, but they're not, you know, focused on him hard. They got Bamba. The momentum has been going. The Dickinson thing has been, you're talking about Hakeem Hart. And he's 6'7". Brady Dunlap, 6'7". I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. The stuff I'm hearing. We'll see what happens, man. This is, it's a lot, like, they are recruiting hard. Villanova, at one time, I was like, okay, they're making moves. But you're hearing so much more and more and more, like, they are really attacking. They are really attacking everything. Everything. Recruits, everything. And then Bliss... And Glover, yes, these are important guys. These are important guys. Will they commit to Villanova? <laughs> this is a lot that they're here for a long time. Listen, Glover's here. Um, Bliss is here for a minute. Will they commit to Villanova? Will this be – this is very, very – listen, you don't do a multiple guys on campus at one time unless you're trying to make an impression – and you're trying to get some commitments. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you what really goes on. And, and this is, I, I'm not saying that all three or two could, but this is a, a pitch of trying to get these three guys to commit. This is it. They're trying to get Glover. He's one of the top prospects in New Jersey. You know, Bliss, one of the top in Pennsylvania. Dunlap, one of the top guys in 2023 that's out there. One of the best shooters in the country. This is, they're keeping a lot under wraps too. So some stuff I can't, but when I tell you some things, listen, if I, it was one, I'm going to have to shout out Susan, one of the followers. She says, look like a duck, quite like a duck. It's a duck. It's a duck, ladies and gentlemen. It's a duck. <laughs> Villanova is making Goodness gracious, man. They are out there. It was like when Penn State last year, last year Penn State was so out there. They, man, Shrewsbury was everywhere. Boom, boom, boom. Just like Musselman. Musselman's one of those coaches in Arkansas. He's out there. Boom, boom, boom. Out there. You know, Gonzaga is, is busy. Oregon is busy. Florida State is always busy. 
man, Villanova is that this year. They are really everywhere, and they are can like and if nobody thinks they're top twenty five now, that's crazy. Just coming back without Bomba, right? You just was wondering who else, because Mark Mark Armstrong is like that. It's not. What point guard in the Big East is like that, like him? Just go back. I don't think y'all are doing with y'all your homework. And Mark Armstrong's a different breed. He's a totally different breed, my man. There's not one point guard in the Big East like him. Then Justin Moore. What player is more ready? A shot maker. I mean, I know Jordan Hawkins was here. He's gone. It's NBA. Justin Moore is like that. He can he can mess with anybody, anybody in the country. Gives. I mean, he he's like that. Then you talk about Eric Dixon, the emergence of Eric Dixon. It should scare everybody in the Big East. To the, those three guys are playing together. Then you get Bamba. How many players do you think you need to win a national championship? You need a couple of guys off the bench, boom, boom. And you talk about the bench. I mean, Longino and Housing without any effort, without any effort. Then you got Archie Diagono, the third guy. Everybody talking about laugh and whatever. He's a he's a basketball player, man. He's been in here. He's been in uh, Team USA play. He's been there. So it's a great guy to have in your locker room and on the court. Housing. And Longino to start the season? That's dangerous. Them guys are going to score. To start the season, healthy. Nobody's looking at this. We know Longino was hurt and this, but now he's playing with housing. Until you see this hurt thing happen, with, these two guys are dangerous off the bench, man. Uh, Patterson and Njoku, we just got to see what happens. But Patterson can play. All you got to do is give him the minutes. This is his year that you see what Patterson's about. Um, now, Hakeem Hart. It's interesting. Very interesting. Hakeem Hart is a Philadelphia guy. I just want to see what happened. Everybody talking about it when he was, I, I, I explained all that, but that is interesting. I'm really seeing if Hakeem Hart Joins uh, Villanova, he would he would be easy easily a guy that could come in at the four and really play yeah three to four. Longino could play the the two. Um, Housing can play some one because he's a ball handler. Archie Diakono's there, but Hakeem Hart would be a great addition to the team as a small forward. Or uh, even they're playing the four. We just had Brandon Slater over there. You know, we just had um, Jermaine Samuels over there. You know, they had to gain a little weight, what, 220, 230. But they're not scared to put a 6'7 player over there at the four. While you got TJ Bomba at the three. So now you got shooters all around. Mark Armstrong has shooters all around. You let uh, Trey, you let, um, but if you get Hunter Dickinson, now you got Eric Dixon. He's, now you got shooters all around again. And then you bring in Hakeem Hart off the bench with Patterson, with Longino, with Housen, with Archie Diakono. And then you still got Njoku. Putting Hakeem Hart there gives them a guy directly off the bench with Housen and with Longino that's automatically scores. Gives them a good eight-man team. And then everybody else comes in and they play. 
because Patterson, they're going to need that size. They're going to need rebounding. So I, I would be surprised when the Joku and Patterson gets time. No doubt. These guys have size, just time on the floor, enough to rebound, enough to play defense, get some baskets. But the, the guy that they're going to depend on the score, if they get hard, will be hardline Geno and Housing. You know, you got Archie Diakon on them guys. They'll play hard, you know. Um, but who they are depending on the score will be those three guys. And that's just a picture of if Hart joins the team and they get Dickinson. And why they are a top 25 team right now, I think why people don't know is crazy. Uh, but listen, man, we are out. This is the second segment I have of Follow Leader. Y'all hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, talking about Villanova, talking about the 76ers, talking about the Eagles, man. I'm out of here, y'all. This is follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter. I'm out, y'all. Follow the leader. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Small the balls of clay, the balls of clay. Not even a satellite, not even a satellite.